everyone and welcome to our June news episode of What's New in Cloud Finance with myself, Stephen Old, and my friend, Frank Contrepoint. We've got a lot of news, Frank. We've got a lot of news. Yeah. A little time. A little time. We're going to blast through it, <laughs> listeners. And as always, in the transcript, we will put all of the uh, the places where we've got the articles. Forgive me, as always, when it is a... Uh, a GCP one that I found in the deep, dark archives of their release notes. It will just be some notes, uh, but all the others you'll be able to get the full articles from. Uh, let me find the noise, Frank. I think it's this one as you're kicking us off. And this is Data and DB. So first one is announcing general availability for of AWS database migration service serverless. So it seems, because I've never used it really, that AWS Database Migration Service, you needed to select the type of instances you would need to do the migration from one place to the other. Now you don't. It's going to be automatically serverless, so it's going to be automatically scaled for you to the right size. And that's it. Fantastic. Well done. That was quicker than I anticipated. Um, right, on to mine. Mine's going to be even quicker, I think. Amazon Document DB 5.0 now supports Amazon EC2, T3 Medium, and R5 instances. So it's just extended support. Um, and you can now use the Amazon DB, sorry, Document DB 5.0 free trial with T3 Medium instances and up to 96 vCPUs and 768 gig of RAM with the R5 instances, not on the free trial, I assume. Yes. And uh, do you think the free trial is you can, after the free trial, can you still stay on T3? I guess yeah, so. Yeah, I think so. Good. I like T3s. Next one is Amazon EMR supports price capability optimized allocation strategy for EC2 spot instances. So yeah, it is Amazon, it is EMR. And so for the long thing is that uh, you can run spot instances as instance fleet. And in this case, so price, capacity, and car will all be taken into account to choose if you're going to use spot or if you're going to use on demand or those kind of things. Similar to what we've seen in other services, just moving on to EMR yes. really, isn't it? Um, yes. Right. I think we've previously spoken about Amazon Timestream. Um, now it has a one-month free trial. Uh, so that's the, the next piece of news. Amazon Timestream now offers a one-month free trial for first-time users, um, probably per payer account would be my guess. Yeah, probably. And you have another one. I do. Straight on to me again because it's Microsoft and I, I found it. Um, there's some uh, general generally available cost optimizations with transformations on log analytics for troubleshooting Cosmo DB. Easy for me to say. Um, now, basically, Cosmos DB now supports transformations on your log uh, analytics workspaces. This is to help reduce costs when enabling log analytics, and you basically uh, can choose a granular level and configure at a granular level what logs come in and what which parts of the data, which columns come in, et cetera, into your logs. So it's... Um, so you don't have to a go and get everything, which has an you know increased cost to bring it through, and secondly, um, it will reduce the amount of time when you're actually looking because you're just looking at the bits you want to look at. Yeah, it's, it's it's very when you see those titles which are super long, you understand how niche they're becoming. Yeah. Say. Wait, go. This is this on that with that and this option next month. Okay. Next month, you go through the GCP release notes and you'll see how how niche they're getting. Oh my goodness. <laughs> 
can't see the wood for the trees. I've probably missed massive updates on GCP. I just can't find them. We'll see. Uh, right, need you sound. need the sound. Sorry, I was moving my what I'm on. Here we go. We're in visibility, which is billing conductor, tax, cost categories, QuickSight. And in this case, we talk about QuickSight. So there are two articles. One is QuickSight now provides standardized user level cost and usage data. So the idea is that in the past, it was not easy to understand. You would go into QuickSight, the UI, and would not be able to see really the bill, understand how much it was costing, how many read because it costs differently for readers and writers and so this kind of stuff so all of a sudden this is going to be um, available and it's much simpler to see so da -da 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 -da, report in a standardized format so you, you we will have things in the curve next one which i think i got it wrong well, give me one second <laughs> next one is the quick site standard user level cost usage data yeah but it is exactly the same as the previous one it is just with a yeah. I don't know how that's happening. That was me. So yeah. So the, there is only one thing for quick side. Cool. So, you... so next one, AWS. Yeah. I wonder if we both added it in. Probably what's happened. AWS announces software bill of materials export compatible in Amazon Inspector. Uh, so now you uh, have the ability to export a consolidated software bill of materials for all Amazon Inspector monitored resources across your organization in industry standard format including Cyclone DX, SPDX. Um, obviously, we know what those are, Frank. Uh, with this new <laughs> capability, you can use automated and centrally managed SBOMs to... SBOMs, I love that. I don't think that's how you meant to say it. Uh, to gain visibility and to key information about your software supply chain. Uh, there we go. So it all goes into an S3 bucket, basically, this, this exported um, report. Um, and for those of you who don't know what Amazon Expector is, it's a vulnerability management service that continually scans AWS workloads for software vulnerabilities, code vulnerabilities, and unintended network exposures across your AWS organization. Boom. Boom. Uh, and, and just to say, everyone listeners, if I got it wrong on the quick side thing, I might have gone too fast. I'm, I'm still, yeah, read the article before making any decision. Anyway, the other one is really interesting, and it is only for AWS EMEA, which is quite incredible, but it's a daily invoice consolidation. So if you've... Uh, if you've ever bought uh, reserved instances and other stuff like that or our marketplace things, you know that every time you buy something, AWS will send you one invoice. And that can get very easy to tens, if not hundreds of invoices in one go, and they just, it gets very messy. So the idea is that now they are, you're going to be able to have them consolidated. So you receive one invoice, one daily invoice, telling you, hey, today you bought 52 reserved instances this time, Five savings plans and marketplace things. So that should simplify the life of the good people in finance. Yeah, cool. Next one, um, and this one's a little bit of an all over the place one. Um, this is updates from Azure pricing pages. So I'll try to just pick out the ones that are probably most important to people. Uh, the virtual machine selector tool has improved to help customers find the closest matching VM to make cost estimates more uh, accurate uh, or easier, I guess. Um, they've launched new pricing details for a service, Azure AI Content Safety, uh, which detects harmful user-generated AI-generated content in applications and services. 
that's a totally different. Mm-hmm. It makes sense, especially when we talk a bit later about some AI stuff. Um, and there are a load of new offers added across virtual machines, uh, which we'll talk about later, but also in block blobs and Azure Data Lake Storage Cold Tier has been added to the calculator. Form recognizer has been added to calculator. So a bunch of things are now in the um, in the calculator or has new information like Azure NetApp files, added pricing for the new double encryption offer. Um, and so as is often the case, new services come out before they get onto the calculator. Microsoft are now making yes. it easier to track what's now been added to the calculator, which you may have been missing before, which I quite like. I've not seen anyone else release that. Uh, and so that's what there is there. In GCP, keeping in the visibility world, you can now use folders and organizations in budgets. Uh, when you set up budgets for your cloud billing account, you can set the budget scope to one or more folders or organizations that are linked to your account. In addition to the current options for specific uh, projects and labels, uh, when now you can create for the uh, folder or organization. Uh, the budget also covers future projects that you create in that uh-huh. folder organization uh, so it's a, a yeah yeah it's, it, it brings together um, a bigger piece of the, it's like an ou almost isn't it if an aws term you yeah. bring those pieces together and, and view them with the uh with the same budget what i still find mad is that there is no and i i found this out again recently because i thought i'd seen that it had been released but it hasn't there is still no proper anomaly detection monitoring built into gcp <laughs> but more and more brilliant budget features. Um, And yeah, here's what it is. Yes, that's always been a thing. It doesn't increase revenue. There is a thing that, yeah, everyone is okay to presenting you the risks, but no one takes action really (laughs) to block or being active. Anyway, music maestro. I was ready. Commitments. So there is a new commitment pricing. So that's quite special. Pricing is now generally available for AWS private 5G. So I did not know there was a private 5G first, first of all. But the idea is that you can have your own private 5G network. And the good thing is that you now deploy your private mobile network with one year, three years pricing option at a lower level, lower per hourly rate. So it's really a commitment of using this new 5G network. Question is, can, can I create one just for my family? <laughs> I would be quite cool. Yeah. I wonder. It's my network. We've just kept talk to each other. This is walkie-talkie style, and I don't want anyone else. Hmm. I wonder how much it costs, though. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure for kids, that would be a really good business, you know? You put your kids onto your own 5G. Mm. And they can only talk to you. Yeah. I find that 5G never works, though. No, <laughs> we have this discussion last time I was in London. Uh, oh, it was, uh, it was horrible. It is still horrible. Every time there is 5G, it's it, oh, not every time. Not every time yeah. Either it is super fast <laughs> or doesn't yeah. work at all. Yeah. Um, right. The last one I have in this world is um, let me see if I've actually got it open or if it's just going to be me doing it off reading notes again. I think it is. Um, there is now an ability to alert and notice anomalies on reservation utilization, uh, which I think is really cool. Uh, this is a new Microsoft uh, piece that was in their uh, cost management updates for June. Um, and you can basically manage anomaly and reservation utilization alerts from the new alert rules page. Anomaly detection alerts are available for all subscriptions and reservation 
utilization alerts are available for enterprise agreements and Microsoft customer agreements. So most people should have access to this now. Um, and yeah, I mean, we've always been kind of more focused on uh, ESR, but you know, if you suddenly have a very expensive RI that's not being utilized, it'd be nice to be alerted on that and, and big changes to your utilization. So I certainly don't think it's a bad thing. So well done, Microsoft. Yeah, well done. Uh, noise, sorry, I wasn't on it this time. So we're savings, and there is one news there. But it is quite an interesting one. So it's AWS. It's AWS Application Discovery Service introduces Amazon EC2 recommendations. So if you know us, if you've talked with us in any point uh, in your life, especially if you know something, is we do not really like the pure lift and shift. You just look at number of CPUs on data centers, and you just do the same into the cloud. That doesn't really work well. So all of it seems that AWS Application Discovery Service will analyze your on-prem environment and will recommend you the cheapest option to run those workloads. So now it's not the same size. It's the workload that is really running on AWS. And so you can have a real good mapping of this whatever the size of your server, this is the EC2 recommended size to run the workload, which is what you really care about. Yeah, I, I put an article out on LinkedIn. And I made the mistake of putting the article first and then my commentary on it afterwards, which is around um, the cloud repatriation. People saying they're going back to data centers. And I basically put that, uh, you know, I think this is because people are using it as a data center and because people yeah. aren't ever getting to the point to innovate and all this kind of stuff. And someone messaged me saying, you know, I can't believe you believe in this repatriation stuff. And I was like, did you take the time to read my post about why I disagree with this or what the problem is and that people need to stop using cloud as a data center. Really uh, riled me up yesterday. Uh, right, I'll give you the noise again because it's uh, you first. Okay, so we are in storage and it is a trusted advisor add new checks for Amazon EFS. The good thing with Amazon is you never need to, you just read the title and you're sure to have either AWS or Amazon three times. Anyway, Trusted Advisor has launched two checks for Amazon Elastic File System. So it evaluates your AWS account with automated checks. And in this case, it's going to check for Amazon EFS no mount target redundancy. So it checks if the mount target exists in multiple availability zones or throughput mode optimization to see if the uh, EFS file system is not configured to use Elastic or Provision throughput mode. So that depends on your configuration, but you can get some more information and advice from trusted advisor on your EFS file system. Right, and here's what I'm doing for my notes. GCP generally available hyperdisk throughput provides cost-effective and throughput-oriented block storage with dynamically configurable capacity and throughput hyperdisk volumes are durable network storage devices that your vms can access similar to persistent disks um, there is a load more information if you go through and read about hyperdisks but that gets deep quick and probably isn't good for our amount of time today so i'll leave it there yes uh, here's your noise again instances so I have three uh, three instances on the AWS side. So we have the M7A. So the, it's in preview. So this is the uh, M. So the classics memory seven list is generation, and it's uh, eight AMD. So it runs with the AMD Epic processor. Uh, it says that those instances deliver up to fifty percent greater performance 
on average compared to M6A instances. Obviously, there is no direct connection with um, G equivalent or I, so Intel or Graviton, but anyway, so M7A in preview. Then we have the C7GN. So the G stands for Graviton, the N stands for networking. So this is a network specialist and the CVI for CPU. So this is big CPU, lots of network, instance type for Graviton. And so it it has Graviton 3E processors and support up to 200 gigabit per second of network bandwidth. And uh, there are lots of very nice graphs for the first time that show you if you're running a Graviton 2 and you want more memory bandwidth, then you can move to this. So it goes into what is the instance type you are at the moment and where you, uh, what, are, what could be good reasons to move to either the Graviton 3E or the C7GN. So that's quite cool. It's the first time I see this uh, recommend uh, the reasons, the dr- drivers for um, CPU or instance uh, change. That's cool. The last one is the uh, Amazon EC2 HPC 7G instance powered by AWS Graviton 3E processor optimized for high-performance computing workloads. So this is, a again, HPC is really specific. It's high-performance computing. It is. It was presented at reInvent 2022. Um, it, it's big stuff. The idea is that it's lots of computers working together. If you are really compute-intensive stuff, network-intensive or for memory-intensive things, if you do HPC, you know it because probably you're a specialist. <laughs> if you don't know, if you don't know what HPC is, just don't, don't worry too much. Yeah, you're probably never going to need it. Um, my company are big in the HPC space, um, so I get everyone. And we might as well keep on that that note. Uh, I've got the general availability of the Azure HX virtual machines for HPC, um, which are based on the new. Uh, AMD EPYC 9004 series with the 3D Vcache Genoa X. Um, <laughs> there's, some, there's some detail here. And then I've also got, have I got uh, the HBV4 virtual machines for HSBC, uh, for HPC, HSBC, totally different thing, uh, which are also the 9000 and also with the 3D Vcache. Uh, um, so they're just a different machine type with a very similar. I think I'm just trying to look to see if there's any difference. I can't see them. I think it's just maybe how they're optimizing other pieces. Oh, here we go. It's in the uh, memory is different. There is no. Hang on. Ah, it's uh, <laughs> clock frequencies up to 3.7 gigahertz. That's the one difference. But I imagine that's the same. Maybe they're just trying to make the two articles look different. Um, but yes, yeah, so there's two in Azure as well. And then a cool one, or I thought it was a cool one, public preview introducing NGAD's V620 series VMs optimized for cloud gaming. These are powered by the AMD Radeon TM Pro V620 GPUs and the AMD EPYCTM7763 CPUs. Goodness knows what that means, but cool. There's some new, there's in, uh, in public preview, there's some new uh, gaming optimized machines uh, in Microsoft and I'm a big gamer, so I thought that was dead cool. Um, and but I, I mean, I just play on my Switch these days because I've got a child. 
It's so fun. We're going back to really the, we're going back to the specialist CPUs. So in yeah. the beginning, I remember the PowerPC, the Sparks, the every, every big computer vendor had one. And then all of a sudden they all disappeared because there was only Intel and x86. And now we're back. Well, I, I remember. Probably that four yeah. times already, but yeah. As, as a kid, I remember building my own PCs and gaming machines and laptops and stuff. Yes. Um, it was a while ago that I was a kid, ladies and gents. Um, but do you know what my my nephew, who is 16, just asked for for his birthday? No. Some RAM. It's it's all coming back round again. He's building his. How fantastic is that? It all goes round in circles. We always say that. Um, right, that's as done for instances. Unfortunately, we've not got anything for sustainability uh, again. Although, if you're just looking for some interesting updates, look at Mark Butcher and what he's putting on LinkedIn. I saw yes. really some really cool things about like comparing uh, areas of Scotland to other areas of the UK for their energy consumption, etc. And um, also, uh, well, it, these are for July, but hey. Um, about was it Microsoft who've just signed a deal to build a new gas power plant for their DCs in Ireland? Again, really interesting. Um, but let's move on then to miscellaneous and silly. Um, so on the miscellaneous side, I found a new resource in the Google world, which gives you access to a load of blogs around like the transformation. And so I'm just going to read out a few titles that I thought were interesting that people might want to look at. There's a new Cloud Economics series. So Cloud Economics 101, Measuring IT Infrastructure Investments ROI. Um, so if you're getting new into the space, you can go and find that in the uh, Transform blog of Google. Um, there was also How to Build a FinOps Roadmap in the uh, blog Topics Cost Management, which I thought was quite interesting. And the final one, in... Um, in FinOps X, which we should probably do an episode talking about, really, uh, but we haven't, uh, there was a lot of talk about shifting left. And this said, yes. this uh, one was by um, uh, Richard Soriter and was on shifting down versus shifting left. And he says, don't shift left, shift down, use more managed services, et cetera. Um, so I thought that was interesting. So they were the three kind of miscellaneous blogs I found. Um yeah. And I found this very interesting. I'm going to read them. Yeah. I think they're all three. Well done. Good choice. Me to read that. Oh, more stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So my next one, wait, uh, okay. It's, you're going to see, it's not very FinOpsy, but there is a good reason. Amazing. AWS announces general availability of AWS Wavelength in Manchester with BT. So they're bringing some of the This is because I know that I do not, I pronounce Manchester reasonably correctly and not Manchester as Manchester, in the past, yeah. because I know Steve and he's just nearby Manchester. That's, that's the first time I went there was yeah, to see yeah. my family. Yeah. So, and we don't, we so don't get much news up here about clouds. Um, I think we also talked about this when it was preview, but it's big news up here. Uh, I, I bet I could go and speak to every person on the street in Manchester and none of them would know about this. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. uh, the next one is that uh, the generative AI with large language models, new hands-on course by deep learning AI and AWS. Um, and Frank put this in and said that me and him should do it, which I agree with. Um, I think we should. Yeah, yeah, we're going to go have a look at that. I'm also going to do the uh, Gen AI um, Google courses, um, which my company have asked me to, but that's absolutely cool as well. Uh, and we're going to start using a bit more Gen AI for some newsletter bits and bits like that. So that's yes. going to be interesting. I started using yeah. it a bit more and more to do the summaries that are on my um, my LinkedIn 
posts as well uh, because I got fed up of writing them. <laughs> so that was that one. That's part of the thing is you want to share something useful. Our job is to collect the information and then effectively how to connect it together. Yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to delegate that to someone. Uh, mine, AWS WAF fraud control launches account creation for prevention and tiered pricing. So we obviously reacted to tiered pricing, but the idea is that, um, so AWS WAF fraud, fraud control announces account creation fraud prevention and managed protection for AWS WAF that is defined to prevent creation of fake or fraudulent accounts. And so that is quite nice. It's going to check. Um, it's going to check if accounts are being created following, I don't know exactly what it's going to be checking, but it's going to hopefully reduce the amount of phishing attack that are going to be able to be done anonymously by hacking really into someone else's AWS infrastructure. So I find it's quite useful. The, also the fact that they're creating a product for that shows that it is quite widely done. And probably there are lots of frauds around this. So yeah, but, uh, Hey, yeah, there'll be something in it. Um, AWS, the final one, AWS Marketplace uh, Transaction Purchase Order Server Products. So um, when you're buying server products through the marketplace, uh, by that I assume it means AMIs or software that goes directly on servers, um, AWS Marketplace is extending transaction purchase order support for these products so that you can um, link the purchase directly up to the POs kind of separate to um, what's going on in your rider invoices. You can have POs specifically for um, the, the marketplace purchases. Or, I mean, they could arguably go and say, well, if that's how you're handling it, but um, that's that's very neat. Um, I think this is an important one. Now a customer's management account, often called a payer, and linked accounts provide a purchase order at the time of purchase in the AWS marketplace for ProServe, SaaS contracts, AMIs, container contracts, CloudFormation template contracts, and Helm chart contracts. Um, in addition, transaction purchase orders can be added for private offers with flexible payment schedule for AMI container cloud formation templates and Helm chart products uh, with annual pricing models. So lots and lots of things now can get the um, can get the POs attached to them directly, which should make procurement a lot easier. We were talking about FinOpsX and one of the talks, I think it was Salesforce, was presenting no POs, how they've effectively managed to work, but it was loads and loads of work to be able to avoid POs uh, in particular, just to make sure that the budget was well-defined and people could just consume their budget without having to raise PO all over the place until, yeah, there was money, which makes sense. But yeah, it seemed, that, that was an interesting one. So you, it, when you will uh, go around, go to YouTube, there is a FinOps Foundation. They are normally presenting all those sessions on YouTube. Uh, if you're interested and you have POs, just have a look at that one. Yeah, very cool. I think that's it. Isn't We're good. It? Yes. Perfect. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. Sorry we've bombarded you with so much information in such a short amount of time. Um, but everyone knows the news episodes are the boring ones, so we should spend more time in the interviews. We've managed to get a huge amount of news into 27 minutes. Um, yes. And now I need to repeat, repeat all of that in French for the French version of what's doing. Absolutely, which listeners who don't listen to the French version will know I am not a part of because of my terrible French. Uh, and Frank told me that speaking English in a French accent does not count. So, <laughs> uh, have a fantastic day, everyone. Thanks. Thank you for listening. Thanks, and, uh, yeah, continue to catch us when you see us around. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye.